welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Now, the title of this message in our final passage is this, Courageously Living in Reverse. Courageously Living in Reverse. Now, when you learn how to drive... If you want to just blacken that out just for a moment, because I see everyone's reading the passage before I even get to it. When you learn how to drive, the very first thing you learn to do is go forward, right? And one of the later stages of learning to drive is learning how to go in reverse. Because going in reverse is one of the more challenging parts of driving, isn't it? Especially parallel parking. How many enjoyed parallel parking, learning how to drive, parallel parking. It's, it's how to line the car up, and, and now cars can do it all for you. You don't even need to know what you're doing. You just kind of push the button, and it does it for you. But old school, you do need to know how to do it in reverse. And then if you really want to get complicated, you back up, you reverse with a trailer. How many have ever tried that? <laughs> left is right, and right is left, and you don't know what you're doing. Um, there's been a few times over holidays, if you travel in Scotland or places, or, or Devon, and you've got very narrow tracks, and uh, sometimes you get to a place where someone has to reverse, and uh, the person, sometimes you can't reverse because there's uh, five cars behind you, so the person in front of you has to reverse, and we were, I think it was in Scotland, we were in a place, and there was a car, there were about five cars behind me, we were coming down this, this hill, and uh, there was a car that had to reverse, and the poor chap didn't know how to reverse his car. And he was weaving back and forth and back and forth and back. I mean, we were there for 15 minutes just waiting for this guy to reverse his car. I think, where did he get his license from? Anyway, <laughs> the point being is reversing is challenging, isn't it? It doesn't come natural. We like to go forward. We don't necessarily like going backward. And I think in our own personal lives, we, we love this thought of going from point A to point B of a progression where we, we see this mountain in front of us and we go charge it and we, we go forward. And we see the victories and we see the successes. And we look back on our lives with this great joy. However, there are moments when God calls us to go back, to go in reverse. And uh, this is what we're going to look at this morning. Some of you have already started to read the passage of Scripture just a moment ago. But we're going to read it together now. Is that all right? All right. So it's a bit of a long one. Uh, So it's 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 to 21. There he went into the cave and spent the night. And the, the, the word of the Lord came to him, Where are, sorry, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. You can feel the emotion. God said, go out. Stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mountain of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, here we go again. 
I have been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They torn down your altars and put your prophets to death uh, with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Same answer. Different question. Well, same question as well. Same answer. The Lord said to him, and here we have it. Go back the way you came. And go to the desert of Damascus. There you find, where you will find there, anoint King, uh, sorry, Hazel, king of Aram. Also appoint Jehu, son of Nish, uh, Nim, Nimshi, king of Israel. And appoint Elijah, son of Shaphat, uh, from Abel Moholai, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazel. And Elisha will put to death any who escaped from the sword of Jehu. Yet I've reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him, threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen, ran after Elijah, Kiss, let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, uh, Elijah replied, what have I done to you? So Elisha left him, went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plow equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah, and he became his servant. All right, so... There are moments that God calls us to go in reverse. Uh, this is courageous living because it requires courage to go back. You see, Elijah had just spent 40 days and 40 nights traveling to this mountain to meet with God. Now, I looked at some, what some scholars say. Actually, he, it was about 420 kilometers of mountainous terrain that was quite a journey to get there. Spent the night, and what does God say? Go back. I don't know about you, but when you've made a long journey, and you're told to go back the way you came, not even a different route, come, go back the way you came, it's not always an encouraging thing. Elijah was told to go back. Go back the way you came. Now, these are the challenging moments in life. And in order for there to be progress in God's plan, Elijah needed to go in reverse. He needed to return to where he came from, to go back. Now, can I say, going back for all of us in reverse can be a challenge for a number of different reasons. Sometimes we've gone from where we were to where we are because we have left something we don't want to go back to. We've maybe fleed something. Elijah didn't want to be in the context of Jezebel out to kill him. So he had left where he was and he got to this place. But God said, look, I want you to go back. Sometimes there's things in our lives that we have left because we don't like it. And so we've, we've moved on. But sometimes in moving on, God says, no, hold on. There's some unfinished business here. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a, a situation. Maybe it's an issue that we've maybe fleed or we're trying to avoid. And so it's easier to be somewhere else than it is to face that thing. But sometimes that thing that we have left is the very thing we need to return to because God sees us going forward through that thing. You see, going in reverse may not be our plan, but it might be God's plan. It takes courage to say, I will go back. 
the way I came. I, I will return to that context that maybe I'm trying to avoid right now because it's uncomfortable. I don't like it. There are moments that God calls us to go back. It can also feel like maybe a setback. We work so hard to get to this place. Why go back? I don't know about you, but sometimes you can work so hard in, in seeing the progress to, to get to a certain stage of life or whatever it is. And to go back feels like it's going back. It's setback. But in God's mind, it's not a setback. It's a step forward, even though it's in reverse. Maybe we feel we've moved on from that context in our life, not to be returned again. I don't know about you, but there's sometimes we can feel like I've closed that door shut that chapter. I've now moved on. And God says, I haven't moved on. I haven't moved on from that. You might have closed the door, closed the book, uh, you know, sealed it, put it away in the closet somewhere, buried, maybe even sold it in the garage sale. Uh, the fact is, I'm calling you back. I'm calling you back. Whatever the challenge, it takes courage to follow God's leading and return. And even in the natural, if it feels contrary to what we feel progress to be, we're always moving forward in God's plan. Can I say that? Whenever God is leading, even though it feels like it's a reverse, it is still forward in God. It's always forward in God. We're moving forward. And in this story, the courage not only comes in going back, but there's a second thing that Elijah and Elisha, Find courage in taking the step, which is the courage to relinquish positions. You see, the word that came to Elijah was to relinquish the role he had as prophet. He was the top dog prophet. He had been fought so for a long time. At his word, it didn't rain. At his word, it did rain. It was him who was on the top of the mountain and fire came down and consumed the sacrifice. It was him who, who was speaking these things over Israel. He was, in his own mind, the only one left. Didn't he think that? And what does God say? Look, it's time to pass on the torch. It's time to pass on the baton. You're going to anoint Elisha to become your successor. Now, at this point, there's a challenge for Elijah because he was uh, wrapped up in this position of being a prophet. And I think for you and for me, there, there can be a challenge when we're called to lay down the very thing that we maybe find our identity in, our, our purpose in. You see, it's our titles, it's our roles, it's our jobs, it's these things that we sometimes build a perception of ourselves around. And when God says, look, I want you to step away from all of that, I want you to lay it down, I need to hand it off, I want it... We come, sometimes we hit a bit of a crisis, a personal crisis, because we built our life around a certain concept of how we see ourselves. But there are seasons that God said, look, I, I'm calling you to relinquish that. I'm calling you to lay it down. You see, Elisha also had to lay down something of his role as well in this moment of time. You see, he was, uh, he was leading this yoke of oxen, but again, many Bible scholars would would see him to be from a very wealthy family. There was 12 yoke of oxen, and he was leading the 12th yoke. So that's a lot of uh, farm equipment out in the field. That he no doubt was the one who was overseeing the servants, everyone else. He was an important person in the farm. And when Elijah put the mantle, the cloak on him, 
this calling to come and follow Elijah, there was a relinquishing of a role that Elisha had known probably all his life. He was groomed to take over the family farm. I grew up in a, fa- a farming community, and you pass on farming from one generation to the next. That's how it works. You, you, you don't buy into farming, you, you pass on farming. And the same thing happens in this country. And so he was groomed for this moment. He was an important person. But God was calling him at this moment, in a split-second mo- split moment, to, to relinquish his position and take on something different. It takes courage to let go of what we hold on to in our positions, doesn't it? God challenges us to trust him because he knows what's best. You know, whenever God is calling us to relinquish something, it's for our good. It's very difficult to pick up something new if our hands are full with what we've already got. Correct? If God is calling something different in our lives, we have to empty the load first. And it's relinquishing. It always is for our our good that when God is leading us to do that, even if we don't know what the future holds, it is the safest place to be in the center of God's will. You see, Elisha was giving up his security. He was giving up his livelihood. He was giving up everything that he knew from that point or for, from before that point to that moment in time to follow someone who was a nomad. Think about it. Where did Elijah live? Do we have a location in Scripture where Elijah lived? At least not at this point. He, he's moving around. And not only does Elisha make this decisive decision, he, he burns the plow and kills his ox. He doesn't leave a back door to return to. You see, sometimes I think there's a temptation in following God that we, we like to just have plan B just in case plan A doesn't work out. God says, I, I want you to lay this down and follow me, but we, okay, we'll just keep a little bit there. We'll keep a bridge available to return to. In God's plan, he, he wants all, doesn't he? He wants all. When we trust him, when we follow him, we, we, we give everything. Both Elijah and Elisha needed to relinquish something in this moment of time. Now the third courageous step that they took. One, Elijah took a courageous step to go back. He took a courageous step to relinquish positions. But the third thing that we see from this passage is they both took a courageous step to embrace new roles. Elijah had a new role to become a mentor to Elisha. See, actually, I think in Scripture, one of Elijah's problems up to this point was that he was alone. Jesus didn't even minister alone, but Elijah was alone. Actually, it was for his good that there was someone alongside of Elijah, even in this stage of his life. But there was a change of role that he needed to become the mentor. Elisha needed to become greater, and Elijah needed to become less over time. Correct? I mean, there was quite a dramatic moment when the true handoff happened. I don't think too many people have left this world with more glory than Elijah. Um, But nonetheless, there was a handoff that needed to happen, and, and Elijah needed to take on this role of it no longer being about him, but it now being about Elisha. 
the focus had to change. The role that Elijah had had to shift. But Elisha had to also take on this new role. And his role was to become a student versus the master. You see, no doubt in the field, he knew exactly what he was doing. He could tell everyone else how to plow the field and what, which direction they needed to go and, and what field they needed to cover. But now he knew nothing. He needed to become a student all over again. Can I say, when God shifts our position and he moves us into, into a different area, we often take a step back before we can take a step forward because we need to learn the position that God has now given us. We, we need to take on a new role as a student learning all over again or, or learning something new. It's, I, I think in the practical term or practical realm, uh, many people often midlife will, will go back to university and, and take education in a new area that they, they weren't studying before. Alan Spendiff, I remember years ago telling me his story of being worthy. Do you mind if I tell you the story? I didn't ask him beforehand, but it's just come to me. He was working for the AA. You know, out servicing vehicles on the side of the road, but just felt that leading to, to become a teacher and started taking open university and going through that. But he went from someone who was very clear with what his role was and what he needed to do on the job every day to now learning as a student all over again, much later in life. But that's how it works with God. When God wants to do something new in our lives and take us into new territory, we need to be willing to take a step back so he can take a step forward in our lives. We can't minister with the same level of authority and uh, uh, power when we don't know anything in the realm we're about to take in, about to move into. We have to take a step back to learn. You see, Elijah, or sorry, Elisha could say, "Look, I, I'm not going to become your master, your, your your servant. I'm not going to become your assistant. Don't you know who I am? I'm Elisha. I'm the one who takes charge." Well, that's not how it works, is it? There was a moment where Elisha now needed to become the assistant. Take second fiddle. Learn what it means to take, receive commands versus giving commands. Although it can feel like a step back, again, can I say it's advancement in God's plan? It's preparation for new ground. In each one of these areas, it's not easy. And I think on the surface level, we can feel like we're... we're, we're we're regressing. It feels counterproductive. But if we're willing to trust God in the process, He's got something far greater in store if we just walk with Him through the journey. You see, we get tripped up because we want to know the outcome or we want to fast forward the tape and we want to kind of get to the other side of all of that. But sometimes we just have to go back. We have to take the step back. We have to go in reverse. We have to take on a different role. We have to relinquish what we're holding on to all because God wants to do something different in our lives. But there's a problem if we overstay a season that God has for us equally. If we overstay what God is wanting to do in our lives, actually it then hinders what God is wanting to do. And we become the obstruction. And when we look at Scripture, those who resisted God's plan, remember Jonah, good old Jonah, he didn't really want to follow God's plan. He didn't want to go down that road. And so he became the obstruction instead of the conduit in which God could flow through his life. But God got his attention eventually, didn't he? You see, let's not do it the hard way with God. Let's just be saying, Lord, here's my life. Have your way. 
If it means going back, I'll go back. If it means taking this step back in this particular role, I'll take a step back. Oh, because I know you're for me. You've got something great in store, and I'll just trust you through this, even though I don't know where it's all going to lead. Elisha, at that moment, when he burdened his ox and his, his plow, he didn't know how it was all going to play out, did he? He didn't know anything. There's very little dialogue. But how great is the story of Elisha? There's more miracles recorded of Elisha's life than Elijah's life. But in those early days, it wasn't like that, was it? It was He was probably making cups of coffee and tea for Elijah, doing his laundry, carrying the bags along the road. He was doing the stuff that no one else wants to do. But he was learning, growing, preparing his heart for what God was going to do through his life when the right day came along. It's not easy becoming a student when we become, we've been the master. But there are moments when God wants us to be students all over again. And can I just say, it doesn't matter our age. There are times where God says, look, time to learn new things. Take on different roles. And that's okay. It's okay, isn't it? You see, what I find most remarkable about Elijah's life is that he continues to do things without hesitation. When God said, go back, he did. When God said, anoint Elisha, he did. There's no argument with God. He does. He's anointing his successor, knowing his days are numbered at this point. He does it. He just does it. There's no wrestling with God at this moment. He finds purpose in a different way from this point forward. Just in closing, what direction is God leading you right now in your life? Maybe right now it's full steam ahead forward. That's fantastic. Keep going. Run the race. But maybe for some of you in this room, it feels like you've just been put into reverse. R. Maybe it feels like it's not going the way you thought it was going to go. It feels like a step back. Be encouraged this morning that God sees a bigger picture than you do. And if you're where God wants you to be, it's still part of His plan. And it's going to work out. It's going to be perfect in His his big picture, his eternal picture. He's laying the groundwork for what lies ahead. And I've said it a few times, but I'm going to say it one more time so that we really grasp it. In God's kingdom, going back is still advancement. No matter how it feels to us at the moment, going back in God's kingdom is always advancement. I want to pray for us this morning that God would help us to live courageously. Not just courageous like fighting the Goliaths of life, but courageous in taking the step backs, going in reverse, maybe returning to situations that you would like to forget, but God is speaking this morning that you need to relook at. Can we be courageous in saying yes to Him today? Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.